What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Backmarkers F1 show. This is episode 65. We're going to be previewing the 2019 Singapore Grand Prix. But first, we got to preview and debut a little bit something new here. I'm very excited. This was <laughs> like... Usually, our setups take what? Like about maybe like 10, 15 minutes when we come in, move our table around. Yeah. This was an hour and a half. About No, almost, yeah. Almost hour and a, hour and a half, hour 45 minutes of us setting this up right now. Yeah, we were very diligent. and uh, It's going to move around next week when Tyler gets back. That's right. Um, he was unfortunately unavailable today because he is, he is working. Uh, but yeah, I'm very excited about this. <laughs> we got our table set up finally. <laughs> you see, this is what happens. You know, it's like when you play F1 2019 and you purchase some upgrades and then Jeff comes back to you in those emails and says, sorry, man, those upgrades, they, they just didn't work. Yeah. So you're going to have to redo them again. And, and that's what we did. And finally, the, the R&D came through and table is up. Table is up and running and we're good to go. Like, look at how much space we have. <laughs> it's too much space. We were <laughs> we, setting it up and we're like, what do we do with all this stuff? Like, yeah. Like, where we do we put it? Two laptops. We can fit all of our hats. Actually, we're missing a hat. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. We're actually probably yeah. missing a couple because Tyler also has a couple as well. Um, and then, yeah, we don't know what to do once we get three people in here, how we're going to set this up. Like, am I going to go off to the side again? <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how this works out. There's just so much. There's just so much to do. Got so any much, suggestions? Drop it in the comments below. <laughs> yeah, so much room for more activities. <laughs> yeah. No, this is great. It's like there's a lot more room now. Like you can put your hands and arms on the table. And we're not, like, bunching up our shoulders to, like, you know, fit <laughs> yeah. in. It's yeah. nice. Like you said, two laptops going here. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we look like we actually know what we're doing now. Yeah, Professional. exactly. Yeah, you know. So, uh, right now, you'll notice that Sebastian Vettel's off to the side. <laughs> when he does win, uh, when he does win the race, he'll be sitting right in the middle here with the checkered flags in between right. with him in between the checkered flags. So, we're just waiting. We're just waiting. You know, we're going to. Purchase a couple more bobbleheads and we'll make it a yearly yes. thing. Yeah, so. we got our Backmarkers F1 show mug right in the middle. And we were just talking off there too about, as you guys can see the, the background behind us, we're, we're going to look into getting some uh, big branding going on yeah. here. Some big logos or some sort of uh, a thing maybe on our table or, or either behind us on the wall I think would look really cool. Yeah, if we get it on our table, we'll probably have like, you know, above the uh, ceiling camera or something, yeah. you know. We're going we're gonna to do something with this. Now we have a room to work with. I cleared out one of our back rooms that had a whole bunch of storage stuff in it. Now it's just behind the cameras at the moment. Um, but yeah, we're going to get that all changed around. Like, look at me. I'm spreading out. All right? I, <laughs> I am man spreading so hard right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm triggered. <laughs> uh, you see, I didn't even prepare what we're going to talk for Singapore. We're just going to talk about our table. <laughs> No, we're we're very happy to uh, to get that set up uh, finally. Yeah, we had a couple weeks delay because of the uh, person we brought it from didn't have the the screws that we needed for the table. So, uh, but I think it was worth the wait. Yeah, you know, we finally got it done, and yeah, so it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, got to set up right in between the time that all the races are going down. You know, the most races in a month for this year. So right, right. It's uh, it's an exciting time. No, it's good. Yeah, and. Even even for our city, we're bringing big upgrades. We just got our light rail transit system finally, going. Finally, after six years. If and you know, if you're from Canada or the you know Ontario area, you've probably heard a lot about the Ottawa LRT system. It started almost like ten years ago, but you know, probably like a few years less. But uh, they just kept on getting delayed. So much money going into it, but this week it finally opened up. Uh, doesn't cover all of Ottawa yet, but it's <laughs> it's starting. It's starting. You know. 
next phase, and then well, we'll probably be dead by the next phase, but uh, with delays, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you guys might be wondering, well, why do I? Why do we care what's going on in Ottawa, Canada? Well. I should tell you why this kind of relates to Formula One, and, and we will get into our preview just shortly after this. But I was, uh, we were doing the broadcast for the the launch, which was this past Saturday. Mm-hmm. So I had to prepare some sort of some videos that we were going to show, and I was looking at an instructional video that they made about the actual train. Uh, I think it's four four carts or, or how many it is. But anyways, they're showing off like, oh, the front of the train, this and that, and then they get to the brakes. And guess what? The brakes have an F1 style energy recovery system. Oh, really? Yeah, they recover about 15% of energy lost from braking. That's actually really cool. Yeah, so I thought I'd bring it on and, and mention it because, as we know, Formula One always leads the the road car industry in technology. Of course, we've got uh, Renault that produces road cars. I mean, pretty much all of them. Ferrari, yeah. Mercedes, partners with Infinity, Infinity Aston Martin, etc., etc., and they're using this energy recovery system technology in road cars. Um, I know that they've been using them in a lot of different road cars, not just hyper cars, but also regular road cars. And it's kind of cool to see this uh, technology being used in something like a, a light rail transit system, very, right? That is actually very exciting because now you see like the real life purposes of all like the engineering and stuff that goes into those cars, you know, like coming into the real world and not just, you know, just in another car, you know, it can be yeah. used in another type of engine or another ty- type of locomotive. Yeah, <laughs> I see, you. I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, so all that money doesn't go to waste; it does go somewhere. But. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, it's super exciting. Um, I forget where I was going with this. I was just so excited. Oh, I was actually reading. Uh, you know how a couple, uh, probably a couple months ago, we posted on our Instagram that we found one of the F1 tires at the Costco. Mm-hmm. Apparently. With some of them, and if you ever, so I was reading on the interweb just last week that sometimes a lot of garages and, you know, stores will have F1 tires and they don't know what to do with it because it came in as a promo. So you can offer the money to just buy it. Well, it's interesting because I was, uh, when I sent you guys, you sent me the, uh, I believe it was the C2, yeah. uh, the white sidewall tire at one Costco location. And then the one here in our neighborhood was selling the full wets. Oh really? Yeah, and we I we were just there with with my dad, and we were just looking at it because oh, it's cool, it's a Pirelli Formula One tire. Yeah. And the guy that was at the tire uh, cashier or wherever was beside was like talking to us, and he's like, "Do you want to buy it?" And I was like, "What are you serious?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'll sell it to you." And I was like, "Okay." And I can't remember. I think he offered like two or three hundred for it, and, and I was just like. Um, I knew it wasn't a real tire, but I'm yeah. like, well, if you know what the real one costs, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's a nice little uh, paraphernalia to have, you know, if you're a huge F1 fan, you can, if you have a man cave or, you know, yeah. a woman cave <laughs> of some sort, um, <clears throat> then yeah, it's a nice little thing to have, you know, to, so you can look at it and be like, oh yeah, those are those C2 tires or those wet tires, <laughs> like you say. I, f- I figure we get one and put it right in the middle right of this table. Right in the table. middle. It will completely cover Tyler at the moment <laughs> if he's sitting in the middle. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it would be cool as an interview set if you had, let's say, three tires and you just sat on the tires that talking back and forth. That is true. You see that sometimes in the Sky Sports interviews, so yeah. it would be an interesting use, but good to know. Head down to your local Pirelli dealership and maybe they'll sell you an F1 tire. Yes. Or, you know, Price Club or Costco. Wherever you live in North America. Now, is Costco an only an American thing? A North American thing? We got any in Europe? I don't, I don't believe they do, but they do have other things compared to comparing to Costco okay. and Price Club. I might be completely wrong, but I believe it is a North American thing. Okay. We, 
nor you know it's an american thing to buy in bulk <laughs> right yeah and i didn't think it was a european thing but I, I, you never again, know again right? i might be wrong so yeah. i'm not too sure i'm sure they have something comparable to a costco or price club yeah let us know in the in the comments below well we have to keep in mind we do have an international audience so yeah try and uh, curtail our uh, references maybe to the entire world and explain mm-hmm. some local things that maybe europeans or south americans we were talking about burritos earlier <laughs> is a burritos a common thing in Europe <laughs> as much as North America? Because burritos are very common here. You know, I, there's so many burrito shacks or something related. Yes. Opening up. Not the burrito shack, the company. Again, see, that's probably a North American <laughs> thing. <laughs> Reason why we did mention it is because we might look into a burrito sponsorship. Yes, we will. <laughs> You're just moving right along here. It's this like, is our segue. Yes. Yeah, I'm bringing these things up just slowly so people get used to them. <laughs> yeah. And then one day, who knows? Big burrito sign in the back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, it's good stuff. Good stuff. All right. I guess we should move on into previewing yeah. this weekend's race. Yes, exactly. Uh, I think we've covered all of our news. And um, yeah, so this weekend, the Singapore Grand Prix uh, F1's inaugural night race, really. It was the first night yeah. race held in 2008. And pretty crazy to think that this race is, is 11... First race, night race this year as well, or have they had a night second, race? Uh, second to Bahrain. Oh, correct. Yes. Yeah, yes, Bahrain yes. was uh, second race of the year, and then Singapore. So the only, I guess you count Abu Dhabi in there as well. Um, that, that's the third one. Because that one started off in uh, the day and goes into night. Correct. correct? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they do it a little bit differently, whereas Singapore and Bahrain start start in the in, in darkness. So, yeah, this is, this is going to be an interesting race because we go, what a parallel between the last two weekends and this one. We go to the high-speed circuits of Monza and uh, Spa-Francorchamps where it's low drag, you're maximizing straight line speed, and then you come all the way to Singapore and you're pretty much throwing all the downforce onto the car. Mm-hmm. Maximum Monaco level of downforce and really straight line speed isn't much of an issue. I mean, you do have the start-finish straight. And uh, after the Anderson Bridge, you do have a small straight where there's a second DRS zone, but really there's not much on this circuit. It really is all about downforce. So it's pretty interesting, the two the two kind of different parallels going from that low downforce setup all the way to the high downforce setup. Mm-hmm. Bad news for Ferrari fans, because <laughs> that is where they've been struggling. I mean, they had their two races. Yeah, correct. It, it's funny because it's like, we kind of put everything on pause. It was Red Bull versus Mercedes before the break. And then Ferrari kind of had their time, like you said, and now it's like, okay, let's let's get back to Red Bull and Mercedes because that's probably what the battle will be uh, heading into Singapore. But Ferrari are bringing some small upgrades to their car. Now, obviously, we do know that their problem is generating downforce, especially on the front end. So I don't think these are major upgrades, but small ones that might help their performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Total Wolf suspects that Ferrari will be better here in Singapore than they were in Hungary, which is another higher downforce circuit. So I'm interested to see how they will perform. I think a lot of people are counting them out, like fourth and fifth, but you never I, know. That's Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, but yeah, no, it should be very interesting for Mercedes, because I do believe Total Wolf is right. They've probably fixed their issues that they did have in Hungary, because um, there was a summer break and everything in between that they had. Right. So I, I could see them as good favorites for this one as well. Not maybe, like you said, maybe not for first, but I could see them having a good uh, good podium finish for, for either Botas or uh, Lewis Hamilton. So, Yeah, and, and we'll see what, what Ferrari could do. This is a great track for, for Sebastian Vettel. We mentioned him earlier. He's got four wins here, uh, pole position two, a couple of ones. So he really likes this track. And Charles Leclerc struggled at this track a little bit last year. He did have a crash in, in the free practice sessions. It's a track he doesn't know as well because F2 doesn't race 
mm-hmm. uh, at this circuit. So it's kind of one that he doesn't know as much as, as Vettel does, for example. So let's see whether Seb can use that to his advantage, knowing the circuit a lot better and having more experience than Charles. But uh, this will be a big weekend for him, too. I mean, he's had a week, week and a half or so to kind of rest and, and to digest the Italian Grand Prix. And I'm curious to see how he will do in this race. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a big mental hurdle to try and get over what happened in Italy. Oh, for sure. Um, especially because he did have a very good chance in that race. So uh, I'm excited to see Sebastian Vettel coming back. Um uh, I've said that multiple times this season, um, but I'm really hoping for it this time because it's kind of like the final push. You're into what the last seven races, yeah, six or seven races, right? Uh, so it's kind of like the final push, and the way that the third, fourth, and fifth positions are at the moment, it could be very close to see to see who could be the best out of best out of the uh, best out of those three drivers. Because I feel like first and second is kind of. Set up second. I, I think, second might be a good chance with yeah. Valtteri. You know, if he, if Mercedes botches both of those, but I don't see Valtteri losing too many races coming up. Well, I mean, uh, getting non-podium finishers finishes or even top out of the top ten, um, unless something really goes wrong. But yeah, depends how good Red Bull can be in this in this last stretch because they've lost some ground in the first two races yeah. following the summer break with uh, with Verstappen. Not really. He scored points in Italy, but it wasn't that much. Um, and then obviously DNF'd in uh, in mm-hmm. Spa in in Belgium. So, but that battle seems to be like it was before the summer break between Red Bull and Mercedes. And then Ferrari might try and just linger around and see what kind of wins they can maybe steal or points. So yeah. Well, I believe I'm just gonna double check this. Um, yeah, I'm just going to double check myself here because um, I believe even with the change of Alex Albon and um, Pierre Gasly, Pierre Gasly is still ahead in standings because he's still pulling. I think he pulled off one top ten, top 10 finish after the summer break, maybe even two. Pierre or Alex? P- Pierre. Yeah, I think... Uh, I know Alex definitely got both of them. He got top 10 finishes in both. Right. Uh, here, let me check right now. I can do this. I have the internet. Beautiful. <laughs> Just more of the upgrades that we're bringing here. Um, so, oh my god! Sometimes you know you just hope it's going to be the next page, and then you <laughs> it's not. Click on something the else. The F1 website has a lot of like. Yeah, you got to go through there, a lot of that. stuff. Click the next one. So yeah, he did not get top ten in the last one. He did come in eleven, so very close. Um, okay, and then I. I know he definitely got top 10 in the race before that. So, yeah, even with that, Pierre Gasly still has 60, 65 points, and Alexander Albon has 34. So, I mean, it should be interesting to see how that carries on through the rest of the season because I feel like Pierre Gasly might still keep that position number six if he isn't taken over by Carlos Sainz. Yeah, I mean, he could. It, if Albon were to score a couple podiums, though, then it might Then it might raise it a little bit yeah. for sure. Um Speaking of, I was thinking of this the other day, and now that you brought it up, do you think he's going to get a podium for the this season? Oh, that's a tough question. I don't know. He had two good first races with he's, Red Bull. Well, his first race was very well done, for sure, coming from the back. And his second race was good, too. Uh, 
But yeah, I'm not too sure, to be honest. It's one of those, like, I yeah. feel like he will, but I'm also not 100%. So I can't confirm, you know, I can't be for sure that he's going to be getting one at the by the end of this season. He seems more at terms with the car than Pierre Gasly. So for sure. I'm going to go out and say yes, and that mm-hmm. it's going to be at a Red Bull-friendly track. So possibly here in Singapore. Yeah. Maybe Mexico or, I mean, maybe at their engine's home race in Japan. I don't know. But I think that he might get one. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. I would say probably no more than one, but he could surprise us. Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't a huge surprise for us with the switchover as well. But like, yeah, it, it, he might be a surprising finish to see where the best of the rest end up with this race. You know, yeah. after Sebastian Vettel, I, I think it might be interesting to see where the next four or five positions end up. Because even Daniel Kvyat's at 33. Um, which is one points under Alexander Albon. So yeah, and Ricardo at thirty four tied with Albon as well. So yeah, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens there in that battle. It'd be pretty funny though if if Alex Albon does finish ahead of of uh, Pierre Gasly because you would have done it in the last races as well. So. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. I think that he's got a good shot at it, and I think that there's some good Red Bull favorite tracks heading into the rest of the for sure last uh, six or seven races. So. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just talking about him uh, off-air, uh, Esteban Ocon. You said it was his birthday today? It is his birthday today, the day of recording. So I guess if we put this out Wednesday the It'll 18th, it, it would be his one day afterwards. <laughs> yeah. but yes, and he finally got to drive in that Mercedes. That's right, yeah. He was driving, uh, a, I believe is a 2018 Mercedes, testing the 2020 Pirelli tires, but they are still the 13-inch wheel rims. Um, but actually I had that written in my notes because Renault and Sergey Sorokin were testing the 2021, 20, uh, 18 inch wheel rims. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I, I'll just tilt this so you can see it, but, uh, we'll put up the picture for you guys at home can also see it. The rims just look really good on the Renault. I mean, actually, yeah, I did see that picture and they do look really good. Um, and I'm sure it, it seems like the the drivers and the engineers are very happy with the upgrade yeah. to the 18 inch rims, because uh, not only does it make the car better, I'm sure it does make the performance of the car a little bit better as well on those corners. Because I did mention it, maybe f- probably more than five or six, probably before the summer break, but in <clears throat> you know road legal cars, mm-hmm. I'm sure it applies the same way. Again, I might be wrong. I am not an engineer. <laughs> um, the bigger the rim size the more you can take those corners faster because you're not completely on rubbers. Um, so you might see faster corners in that case, but also, yeah, so it should be interesting. It is a more rough ride, though, the higher rim, the more rim size. Okay, higher interesting. Up you go, so. Yeah, I, I just can speak purely on aesthetics and how it looks. I, I, I think it looks great. It does look really nice. I do really like the look of it. Um, I mean, you're not going to be seeing those rims when those cars are moving, but right. you're going to be seeing more of the wheel well inside and more of how some of the braking and stuff in, inside the car works, hopefully, because of it. Well, and if they, they put those stupid wheel covers on them, like in the 2020 regulation specs, if that stays the same, then we're going to have that problem because we won't really get to see much of it. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I think that this was the first time we've seen it on an F1 car, and it's been running on the F2 cars, so... Yeah, I mean, it looks good on the F2 car, but I think that actually seeing it on an F1 car just makes it look really, really good. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad with uh, with how that looks. And uh, a couple of other notes that I wanted to bring before we get into our circuit-specific stats. Uh, Haas will, be not, will not be running the Rich Energy logo anymore. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we mentioned this in the previous episode, I believe, that they have cut ties with Rich Energy. 
and they've made it official. So no more Rich Energy branding on the Haas car. So they're just going to pretty much keep the same livery. Okay. But uh, they're going to put just a couple more Haas logos on it pretty much. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, and they're going to kind of, they're in between specs sort of in, in what type of car they're going to run. They're kind of going to run a hybrid of the new spec versus the old spec. Obviously, before the summer break, you had Romain Grosjean, who was running the Australia spec, and then Kevin Magnussen, who was running the brand new spec. So now they're kind of, I guess, meeting in the middle somehow, <laughs> and they're just going to run a, a hybrid version of it. So hmm. yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes for Haas. They haven't had a good run of form either. So uh, Williams, they've extended their Mercedes engine contract until 2025, which is pretty big. Ex- pretty that, big that, extension. That is a very big extension. About six years. Yeah. Yeah, you got Sergio Perez for another three years at Racing Point, and now Williams hooking up with Mercedes for another six years. Wow. So, when does Racing Point's Mercedes? Have they just re-signed their contract with Mercedes as well? That's a good question. I'm not sure how long uh, the contract runs still. They're probably in a new contract since they're new, technically a new company, right? So, I'm not might be wrong. Yeah, they might have renewed for after after uh, Lawrence took over. Yeah. Yeah, well, shit. Excuse me. Uh, what I was going to say, though, is um, we're usually not used to seeing at least driver contracts being signed for that much longer, but um, it's been a good partnership for the most part for Williams. Obviously, the last couple of years, they haven't been bringing the performance on their side, but Mercedes in this hybrid era have had the best engine up until this year, I think. So uh, not a bad partnership. But this does mean we might be seeing Williams for a very long time. I know That's we right. talked about it in the beginning of this season and the, and the last season that we might uh, we're not too sure if Williams will be around because you know we do like the rich history of the team and such. But hopefully that is a good sign that we will be seeing Williams around for a long time. It's a good point, and hopefully a good hopefully a chance to improve over those years as well and not you know be in that nineteenth, nineteenth, and twentieth position that they've been in. Yeah, yeah. I hope they do stick around, and uh, yeah, this could be one of the first signs that they will. Um, and just lastly, one of the things that they're looking at removing in regards to the Singapore circuit is the quote-unquote crash gate corner. Now, if you guys remember, it was I think it was in 2008 when Renault at the time, when they were before they left the sport for a couple of years with Fernando Alonso and Nelson Piquet, the Renault team principal and Pat Simmons, who I believe was the technical director at the time for them, they had Nelson Piquet crash on purpose during the race so that Fernando Alonso could get sort of better circumstances in the race because he did end up going, basically, if you haven't seen it, go on YouTube it. There's a good breakdown of it. But because of PK's crash, the safety car came out. Fernando was able to make a pit stop, come out ahead, and essentially win the race. So anyways, they did this whole investigation, and they found that Renault did this on purpose. That is a very dangerous strategy. Very dangerous, yeah. They they had bans and fines and suspensions and all the all the trimmings. <laughs> I'm surprised the drivers still wanted still wanted to drive for them. Yeah, I think that they held some things over his head. Probably like they, I think they did promise him a drive, which is the reason why he did it. Yeah. But he eventually lost the drive afterwards and kind of got blackballed out of F one for it. So I mean, like, man, that's that is a hard circumstance to be in. Like, if you're that driver, because yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah. If if you haven't heard about it or you haven't seen it, uh, go and look it up on YouTube. There's a couple of good kind of videos stitched together that explain the whole scenario. So anyways, regarding that crash gate corner, they're looking at potentially removing it, not for this year, but for the next couple of years because of city construction. 
So that might be one part of the circuit that's going to be altered, not for this year, but for the next couple of years uh, in, in Singapore. So that's the info on that. So let's get into the circuit info. And this is not one of the longest circuits on the corner, but you got 23 corners. And in terms of... It's yeah, a lot. I was just looking at this, I was like, that is a lot. Of yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. And you've got, I mean, I think more than 1,100 lights that are illuminating the circuit. So you got a ton of things coming at you. I think even more than Monaco, to be honest with you, in, in terms of what's coming at you and how you're seeing it. And um, 61 laps. And one thing about this circuit is that we all know that this is probably physically the most demanding race on the calendar because of how hot it is, the humidity. Uh, there's no air ventilation. I mean, it's a street circuit, not a lot of high speed, so no chance to really be able to get any airflow going into the cockpit. So on the drivers, it's very difficult, but it's actually a very long race too. I mean, the the shortest Singapore Grand Prix that we've had is an hour and 51 minutes. Wow. Yeah, and so the race has to be completed in two hours. So, I mean, there's pretty much right on the limit. So they either have to complete, it, for example, in this race to 61 laps, or they have a two-hour time limit. So... The fact that that's the shortest. That is a long long race. Yeah, and and it's grueling. I I think if you guys remember in that Netflix series when they did uh, an episode that was part of the Singapore Grand Prix, the drivers just coming out and and being weighed at the Weybridge, they were just like completely destroyed. Oh, I can totally imagine. Yeah. And they lose, I think, about three kilos almost of water. Um, in, in terms of weight, just because of how much they sweat, and and it's important for them to drink. But I mean, that drinks bottle just gets so yeah, hot. Yeah, it's gonna because, be ridiculously hot. Yeah. like not probably fifteen twenty minutes into that race, not even. Yeah, yeah, exactly, not even. So you'll be seeing a lot of drivers with those cooling vests on on the grid and and the fans in the cockpit. But mm-hmm. I don't really know how much that helps, to be honest. Um, it is a street circuit, so it's very bumpy and similar to like our home track here in in Montreal at the Circuit Gilles Villeneuve. Because if it's a street circuit, it's going to be very green on the opening day of free practice, and it's going to be very dusty and dirty. So the grip necessarily isn't going to be there on the first couple of days, but as we get into Saturday and Sunday, the grip will start to fall into the track um, like it does with the street circuit. So that is why Pirelli is bringing the, the, sorry, not the hardest, the softest of the tire ranges. So they got the C3, the C4, and the C5 tires for this race. Hmm. And um, just looking at the different sets here, We've got, hold on, let me see. Let me just pull it up here. So the drivers are using kind of different sets for, for each different team here. We got Lewis Hamilton. He's going to be running two sets of the C3s, three sets of the C4s, and A sets of the soft. Valtteri Bottas is the exact same. Now, this is where it gets different. You got Vettel, who's only opted to bring one set of the C3 tires. And he's instead gone for an extra set of the Red Soft C5. And the Red Bull boys, Verstappen and Albon, they got the same, but they're different from Ferrari and uh, Mercedes. Verstappen's got two sets of the C3s, only one set of the C4, and he's going big on the qualifying, I'm guessing, 10 sets of the Red Soft. That's a very interesting uh, strategy from both Battle and Leclerc. Because that means they're probably not going for those longer stints. Yeah, last year it was a one-stop that won the race, but Singapore does have a 100% safety car probability, so you kind of got to be flexible to to adjust the strategy. So, hmm. I'm looking at the weather for the race day right now. It's hot all weekend. Yeah. There's a little bit of showers here and there, but, you know, nothing overboard. So, 
I mean, good set of tires to have, but man, I feel like those softs are going to be burned through very quickly. Yeah, if they're kind of like the hypersofts that were last year, I think we will see a lot of uh, tire degradation. Um, that's why I'm kind of looking at the Ferraris to say maybe going with that the two extra sets of the C4s um, in comparison to the Red Bulls might work better for them. If, if <clears throat> excuse me, if they want to go with the the long run on that one, but we've seen Ferrari do a little bit of a better job actually on the harder the white sidewall tires, like we saw in Spa or sorry, not Spa in Monza. So. But there are a lot more corners uh, and turns in this one. So maybe they're hoping for faster corners because they only have two, basically two long straights to go through. So maybe they're hoping for uh, faster corners on those softer tires and medium tires. Yeah, to try and make back from the, the lack of the downforce. Yeah. I wonder how many laps uh, we can see from Pirelli during the weekend, how much, how long they expect those C5s to last in the race. Yeah. Because obviously the front runners, we'll see in qualifying whether or not they can get into Q3 on, on the C4s, but we'll, I'm curious to know how long those those red C5s can last uh, for the race. Yeah, because like you said, with no airflow really going through, like it's not just the drivers that are getting hot. That entire track is getting extremely hot. Throughout. Yep. There's no there's no ventilation whatsoever, right? So Yeah, exactly. And there's supposedly a little bit of... Uh, uh, rain during the day so hopefully that cools the track a little bit but nothing extreme from what the weather report's saying so yeah hot and humid that's what they're expecting um so tough tough on on everybody and and again cooling with the car too right and it's difficult on the brakes so it might know, be a difficult race for mercedes in the end could be they they did bring upgrades after austria when they had those overheating problems so that might help them a little bit but you're right that is where mercedes have struggled this year kind of their their only achilles heel has been that overheating issue um 25 percent of, of the lap in singapore spent on the brakes so brake wear i mean it's not necessarily a big issue in in f1 the the brakes are still pretty sturdy we haven't really seen too many brake failures in the past but that's another idea but like you said there's 23 corners so not a lot of time to cool the car cool the, mm -hmm. the engine and, and all that too tires as well um especially if you're stuck in traffic interesting what i was also seeing earlier that apparently if Kevin Magnuson holds a track record. <laughs> I did see that before, yeah. That must be nice for K-Mag. Yeah, that's, that's a nice little record to have, you know, on one of the longest races of the, of the season. Yeah. To be able to have that record. Um, it's like it's, it's on a minute 41, you know? Like, that that is a long lap overall. Uh, so, good for him. He's got that going. That's, he's got that going into this race. So, and you know, uh, fastest fastest lap counts so yeah yeah well, that was an interesting one i didn't exactly expect that when uh when i saw that but yeah that was good for him i was honestly expecting kimmy reichen or somebody but me too yeah i don't know why i thought kimmy but yeah, yeah. i was expecting that um just when you were talking about the the weather i, I did hear that they had some air quality concerns in, in singapore the the track organizers did yeah so i don't think the air quality i don't know exactly what's going on right now in singapore but that's that's a concern heading into the weekend so i don't know how much that will really affect anything for, for the, i don't think they'll think about canceling any of the sessions no, or moving I don't them think but, so. um yeah that was that was pretty interesting so i think we pretty much covered everything that there is to know about the singapore grand prix street circuit mm -hmm. uh, we'll get into our predictions so we'll do our top three and then as usual our x factor or ones to look out for huh put you on the spot I am going to go Verstappen first, Charles Leclerc second, 
And I'm going to go Lewis Hamilton third. Okay. And then our ones to look out for are Toro Rosso. Hmm. Because I was originally thinking I might just pick Daniel Kvyat, but I feel like Pierre Gasly's also going to have a good race. Like he's he stepped up the last couple of races, and he's looking much better in that Toro Rosso than he was in Red Bull. <laughs> so yeah, no, I think they're going to have a good weekend. And this is like another one. I mean, McLaren's always had some good races in, the, in this season, so they're they're always a one to look out for. They're okay. always yeah. All right, good choices. Uh, I agree on the Toro Rosso front, actually. Yeah. We remember a couple years ago, Carlos Sainz, when he was with them, scored a P4 yeah. at this race. So, yeah, it seems like their their car does like this track in previous years. So, all right. My picks. Uh, so, in third place, I'm going to go with Charles Leclerc. Okay. I'm going to say he gets third. In second, I'll pick Lewis Hamilton. Okay. And I'll agree with your P1 prediction of Max Verstappen. Yeah, um, right here. There I, he is. I can exactly. do that right now. And, and he's right there <laughs> on the front, right there. There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the reason why I picked Max to win the race is because we think back to last year when Lewis Hamilton put in probably one of the best ever qualifying laps in history to get pole position. Max was right there and he was only, I think, a couple hundredths of a second behind. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that was a phenomenal lap. So and this the, track, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and they're looking at a better engine, in my opinion, this year as well. So, yep, yeah, they got that Spec Four Honda in the back, which shouldn't be much of a factor in in Singapore, obviously with the higher downforce setup, but should help a little bit, a little bit on the streets for yeah, sure. Sector yeah. two and, and sector three as well, uh, finishing the lap. So that's a plus for them because they've got all those engine penalties out of the way in Monza and in Spa. So now it's fresh, and mm-hmm. they can push until pretty much the end of the season for the most part. So, Japan, right? I don't know if they're going to introduce a new spec in Japan, uh, but I do believe that they will because that's sort of a Honda tradition yeah, almost to introduce I a new one. Max, Max, or somebody was expecting to take a penalty in Japan. I might be wrong. I think they might take the penalty if they were to do that. They would do it the race before, which yeah. is in Russia, because they want that that fresh engine to start in Japan. Yeah, so makes sense. yeah, we'll look into that to see if Honda will be bringing a new spec, but I do believe that they will. So I think that the high downforce setup suiting the Red Bull car, the upgrades that they've made after pretty much the French Grand Prix have really done Red Bull good. And, and I mean, think back to before the summer break, Red Bull were the hottest team on the grid. Max yeah. Verstappen was the hottest driver on the grid. Now coming back uh, post-summer break, power-heavy circuits, they struggled a little bit. And Max Verstappen personally struggled a little bit. He, we've kind of finally saw a dip in form from him in in this race in Belgium. Italy was tough for him because he was starting at the back of the grid. But I think that this is the race that Verstappen is going to make that comeback right into the top step of the podium. Mm-hmm. So that's why I picked Verstappen to win it. And my X factor and team slash drivers to look out for are the Pink Panthers racing point. Oh, nice. Good choice. Good I've choice. been saying this for the last couple of races, but... They say that they've got some tricks up their sleeves for this race as well. So I'm curious to see what they will be. And I've liked that their progress post-summer break. They're always a really good post-summer break team. Yeah. And they showed it in the first two races in Spa and in Belgium. Could have had an even better result in Monza, obviously, had Vettel not taken Stroll out. So I'm going to go with Racing Point as a, a team that I think could get both cars in the points here. Good choices. Good choices, for sure. Yeah. I would force India was... Uh, <laughs> Racing Point was also going to be uh, one of my cho- one of my choices as well, but I eventually decided to go with Toro Rosso. 
Yeah, that's good. We got to keep it different. Yeah. Every time Tyler's here, I think he just goes with the same ones. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tyler. Um, but I think that will do it uh, for us. We pretty much got everything out of the way in terms of what you need to know for this weekend's race. So let us know your comments. Let us know your predictions, sorry, in the comments below. What do you think is going to happen this weekend at the Singapore Grand Prix? Will we see a Verstappen victory? Or will so. we see Mercedes just rule the day in Singapore once again? Should be a very good race overall. I am hopefully going to try and catch all of it. Yeah, because you're, uh, you're out of town this weekend, I am, right? Yeah, at least Saturday for Toronto. So probably not going to be able to watch uh, qualifying. But I'll be hopefully... Um, hopefully catch highlights wait qualifying is probably at nine in the morning yeah i'll help you watch yeah. qualifying yeah that'll be yeah. good yeah canada's good. wonderland can wait yeah, get canada's that menu wonderland game in wait. there too oh exactly that's <laughs> happening i've set my day to sports so i'm gonna do i'm gonna watch the race in the morning and then also watch the manchester united game at the same time because there's an hour difference and then i'm going and then i'm going to wonderland awesome good which good has plan. the biggest roller coaster in canada at the moment <laughs> if you haven't gone if you're in canada then check it out we're checking out or if you're coming to canada we're checking out yeah there you go so that means that we'll be back then the following week um after monday to recap the singapore grand prix and we should have tyler back with us then and we'll obviously like shaker mentioned off the top of the show the set will look just a slightly a bit different with the three of us we're still just trying to move things around how how the best way it will look so uh yeah uh, exciting times for us here as we finish out the season. Mm-hmm. Crazy that the season's almost over, folks. Yeah, seriously. I was thinking about the other day. I feel like we haven't recorded that many, but you know, quite a lot of episodes already this season. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, check out our latest episode on our power rankings as well. That's up uh, in down below in the playlist and also on our homepage. Um, those are post-Italian Grand Prix, so they've been up for about a week or so now. Uh, you know what? I was looking at F1's uh, power rankings like just a few days ago. Their power rankings are super weird. Yeah, because they do like a driver points or rating system, something like that. Yeah, so there's still some drivers that are in there that I personally don't feel like should be in there. I know, yeah. I was, I was like, how? and then I feel like one of them was in like the top five, and I was like, how is that even possible? <laughs> well, you know what I don't like about their rankings is that there's not much room for improvement. Yeah. Which is why we decided to go ranking the past five, because at least drivers can move up and down. Yeah. But I... The last time I checked their power rankings was like probably two months ago. And I looked at it last week and I'm like, these are still the same drivers like two months That's ago. Ex- I think George Russell was still in there, which again, not taking anything from his like past few races. Yeah, he yeah. has, he has had a very good season, but he's not had a last like good three or four races in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, and I think there's a couple other ones there too, that I was just like, wow, really? I mean, Max was still number one for them, which... Yeah. Uh, okay, I, I understand, fair, but, but like, yeah, I mean, no fault on his own. Like, it, well, he had a penalty last time. Before that, he he crashed. Um, but yeah, like it. Again, I'm not getting into it. I could probably talk about that. For a while. <laughs> yeah, that's why you got to watch ours. Backmarkers F1 Show Power Rankings separate yeah. playlist on our YouTube channel. Like it, share it, debate with it. Always getting some good comments on rankings and stuff. Yeah. Previous episode wasn't too bad. Mostly, I think a lot of people agreed. Although we got a couple like Leclerc number one, really? Well, yes. this, yeah, this is the main reason I bought in the point, brought in the point of the F1 power rankings because you can disagree with literally anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
So I oh, mean, we I, know. yeah, I'm like, I understand that you know our rankings might not be the perfect ones, but I feel like we try to be more fair or as fair as we can be to those in the last yeah. five races. So yeah, and I think it's it, like it's pretty boring if you just did the same ones week after week. Yeah, which is why we went with our our ranking system, which I think is better because then you kind of tune in every week and you're like, yeah, oh, you're expecting drivers to move. There's a new number one possibly. So and it's based on qualifying as well, where it's you know it's not yeah. just based on the race itself uh, because it is a race weekend and it's not just the race that happens so right for sure yeah okay anything else from you uh no i think that is it okay great uh don't forget to subscribe down below if you haven't done so already and uh yeah hit that bell on, on the notifications um sometimes or I don't know. Everybody's still maybe on summer break or something. It was a bit slow in the last couple of weeks. So mm -hmm. make sure you're still tuning into our videos because we're still bringing them out week to week. So yeah. uh, you get that bell and at least you get a little notification on your phone or, or in your email. And that's that's the best way to go. Yeah. But I don't think we've missed one preview or uh, uh, post-race this season, actually. Yeah, I don't know. Have we? I don't think we have. Don't think we have? Oh, pretty Might good. Be wrong. So we'll see in the end of the year if we keep it going. Um, okay, thanks everybody for watching again, and uh, yeah, join us next week when we recap the Singapore Grand Prix. Bye, everybody. Thank you.